This is the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode number 55, The Solo Series. I don't know what you heard, but <laughs> she runs the show. Hello, hello, everyone. Cassandra Vaughn here. Welcome to She Runs the Show, episode number 55. It is a brand new year. I am in the midst of writing a new book, which is kind of awesome. My new book is called Achieve One Dream, and I'm so excited because every time I for those of you who haven't listened to She Runs the Show for a long time, I tend to write my books as I drive. So I have my smartphone, I've got my lapel mic on, I'm taking the kids to school or picking them up or on the way to somewhere, and I will speak my book into existence, which I love it because it's kind of like teaching. And I was a professor, so it makes a lot of sense that that's the way I write my books. But I've been transcribing the audios that I've been speaking into existence for this new book called Achieve One Dream. And I, I gotta tell you, I'm, <laughs> you know, I feel like I get my own little motivational pep talk from myself every time I'm tra- transcribing the words that I'm listening to into book ebook format. And it's been great. So I will talk a little bit more about Achieve One Dream as it gets closer to being on Amazon. But it is, uh, you know, I can't say it's the work of my life. I'm far too young to have the work of my life. But I can say that it is an important book. And Achieving One Dream is an important concept, but we'll talk about that another time. What I want to get to today is an episode that's really for women entrepreneurs. I know if you've listened to a lot of my episodes, you know, I talk about things that impact entrepreneurs in general. But today I want to talk to the ladies. Today I want to really get down to six mistakes women entrepreneurs need to stop making. And it's not that men or male entrepreneurs don't make these mistakes, they make them far less often than we do. And so it's a really important thing, especially if you are an entrepreneur, a woman entrepreneur who's just starting or just thinking about starting your business, you really need to listen to this episode. Because these are mistakes that I see perpetually, consistently, and I see that we're making them quadruple the number of times that male entrepreneurs are making them. So by the end of today's episode, you're going to learn one, the five mistakes women entrepreneurs need to stop making. And two, how to prevent, fix, or transform those mistakes if you find that you're making them. You know, we, you know, it's one thing to make a mistake. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake. But once you know that you're not doing what you need to do, or you're not handling a situation in the best way possible, you need to fix it. So we're going to talk about how do you prevent, fix, or transform those mistakes. But let me start with a little quote. You know, I love I love Pinterest and I love all these quotes because, you know, sometimes they just ring so true that they wake you up a little bit. And I was looking on Pinterest this morning, and here's the quote that stuck out to me. My entire life can be described in one sentence. It didn't go as planned, and that's okay. <laughs> and I would just say, I have moments, and I don't know about you, but I have moments where I'm like, I would like my life to go according to plan. Could it please? Could I please just have my life be what I say I want it to be? Can I just develop? And I'm a planner, so I love the planning process, even though I know most plans go astray. But I have moments where I'm like, can can it just go according to plan? Like, can it just go A, B, C, D, E, F, G? And the thing I want to say to myself and the thing I want to say to you is that if you're in a moment, whether it's in your business or it's in your life, where you feel like, this is not going the way I had intended. Or you're feeling like, I I did all my homework. I did all my research. I expected my business to do this or my relationships to do that or this to do that. Cut yourself a break. Cut yourself a break. 
for most of us, and I know Facebook can be so deceiving. You know, you see people's Facebook timelines and they're they're doing all these amazing things and they're always happy and everything is working for them. I don't know many people on Facebook who are going to tell you about the pits of their lives or the, the, the drama they're going through or the mess they're living in. I don't know many people who are going to do that on Facebook and be totally transparent and open. So what you're seeing on your Facebook feed is really the best of people, but you have no clue what they're going through. And so I would just say, uh, if you're in a moment where you feel like you set up a plan for your life, your business, your relationships, and it's just going completely in the other direction, and you feel like you have no control over anything, here's what you do have control over. You do have control over the way you look at it. And you know, plans are beautiful. It's wonderful to have a plan. Everybody should have a plan, could have a plan. You know, you hope that you do have a plan, but you have to allow life to flow. You have to allow yourself to evolve and change and grow in ways that you never expected because you know what? Here's the truth. It's going to happen anyway. So you can go kicking and screaming or you can put your hands in the air and tighten your seatbelt like you're on a roller coaster ride and enjoy the ride. And so for me this year, uh, it's this year has begun not the way I expected it to. <laughs> this year has felt in many ways um, quite uncomfortable, a lot of new territory, feeling things that I didn't expect to feel, doing things that um, not being as overachieving as I expected, I think this year, even though it's relatively early in the year. The thing that I'm learning is exactly what I just said in this quote. My entire life can be described in one sentence. It didn't go as planned, and that's okay. Because some of the best things that are ever going to happen to you, you couldn't plan if you wanted to. They're going to come unexpectedly. They're going to come when you, they're going to come in ways that you just, that blow you away, and you can't plan them. So be okay with the not planning. Now I'm going to flip and I'm going to get down to the episode because this is going to sound sort of like an oxymoron because on the one hand, I just told you, be okay with things not going the way you want them to. And now I'm about to tell you, here's some six mistakes that you don't want to ever make and here's how you plan not to make them. So accept that the dichotomy or the creative tension between the Pinterest quote one I'm about to talk about. So six mistakes women entrepreneurs need to stop making. Mistake number one underestimating resource requirements and overestimating bootstrapping capabilities. You know, we live in in a time technologically where you can set up a brand new business for dirt cheap or next to nothing or pretty much nothing. We do live in that time. We, I mean, you can have an online business in a day. You can set up your LLC. You can start being on Twitter and Instagram. I mean, there are tons of things that you can do for your business at, on your own as a solopreneur that 15 years ago, even seven years ago, could not have happened as cheaply or as individually. And so I think a lot of us, especially as women entrepreneurs, we assume, I'm going to start this business. I've got no money. I've got no capital. I, you know, I don't need any of that. I can do it with zero dollars and it could be fantastic. And there are many, both male and women entrepreneurs who do that. However, What I have discovered in my own business, and I'm sure a lot of you who've been in business for years can testify to this, typically your business is going to cost way more money than you expected. There are going to be a lot of maintenance fees and upkeep fees. At some point, you cannot do it all on your own and you do have to hire virtual assistants. You do have to get a team on board. It is going to cost you money that you probably don't have at the beginning. So one of the mistakes that I think we as women entrepreneurs make is we underestimate 
the resources. When I say resources, I mean not only the money piece, but how much time it's going to take to really build this business to a certain revenue level. You know, I wanted to be six figures year one. And I had no clue how long it takes to establish your brand, your online presence, your experts. It takes a long time to do those things. So the mistake that we make, and I think men do a better job of really objectively looking at their business landscape and they go, okay, do I need to borrow money? Do I need to invest in something and then wait till that investment, you know, gives me a good return on investment and then go for it? Like men do it a little in a different way than we do. And that's not to say that that they're better at it. It's to say that we need to understand that our business is typically going to require way more resources than we originally expected. And if we go into it with that, even if we're starting the business on a bootstrap, even if we, we still have not enough money, not enough time, not enough people on a team, we at least can say to ourselves as we're going through that beginning stage, I need to work to this resource level. I need to work to this team level. I need to find a way quickly in my business to develop products or services that are going to make me the kind of money that I can then pour back into the business. It's a different mentality. When you really see and you're honest with yourself about what you're going to need to make this business successful. Here's the other thing. We all we overestimate bootstrapping capabilities. I mean, there are solopreneurs who get to, you know, a seven-figure um, revenue every year on their own. I get it. But they are few and far between. The reality is, is that the only way you achieve business scale is having a team. And your team may be volunteers. They may be people in your family who are helping you, you know, package boxes and ship things out. They may be people who, you know, college student interns who are working for credit at their college to do your social media. But what happens for a lot of us, especially as women entrepreneurs, is we want to do it our way, we want to do it right away, and we don't trust anybody else to do it as well as we're going to do it. And therefore, we start working crazy hours doing it all on our own when there are certain tasks in your business that simply must not be done by you because they're $5 an hour tasks when you are trying to grow your business to where your time is on $500 an hour responsibilities. And you can't do that if you're overestimating your bootstrapping capabilities. So that's mistake number one, underestimating resource requirements and overestimating bootstrapping capabilities. Here's mistake number two, going into a business without knowing the market, the niche, and the current trends. And this is a continual mistake that as women entrepreneurs we make. It's not enough. You know, I'm not a fan of business plans, so you're never going to hear me advocate that you that you write one. I'm not a fan. I've done it waste of time. My business changed so quickly from the moment I spent, you know, a month developing a business plan to two weeks into the business that I don't do them anymore. But you've got to know on a consistent basis, it's not just when you first start the business, throughout your business process, you know, weekly, monthly, you need to know as much as you can about who you're serving. And your answer cannot be, I'm serving everyone. No, your product, your business, your service, it may be, it may be great for everyone, Everyone may benefit from it, but no, you are not serving everyone. So you've got to, on a consistent basis, carve out some time during your week to say, here's my, you know, let me review who my market is. Here's my niche market. This is, here are their ages, their demographics, their annual household income. This is where they hang out online. This is where they hang out in real time, face to face. And go to those places online where they hang out and see if there are any current trends that maybe you missed the last time you looked at this. This is part of your job as an entrepreneur. And I think 
what we do sometimes is we want to focus on the parts of their bus- of the business that we really love and we want to kind of shy away from the parts that we don't but that's not going to serve you in terms of revenue and profitability either you're going to do all the parts of the business because you are the CEO and the entrepreneur or you're going to hire out the parts like market niche review that you don't like but somebody's got to do it so you want to be able to not only go into a business knowing what the niche is and the trends are and you know where where's where your your tribe your market your target market where are they buying shopping what are they buying how are they feeling about life how are they feeling about politics that's something you want to be doing on a consistent basis so that's mistake number 2 Mistake number three is going after big achievements without focusing on small, precise, incremental wins. So goal number three, uh, mistake number three, excuse me, I'm saying goal. (laughs) Mistake number three is a huge one. I think that, you know, especially if you are an overachiever, type A, perfectionist tendency woman, and, and I am a recovering perfectionist. I consistently work on it. It's a lifetime endeavor. I don't plan. I don't think I'm just going to wake up one day and be cured from the desire to be perfect. This mistake is huge because a lot of the time women entrepreneurs are like, I want a seven figure business right now. Like, give me a seven figure business right, right now. I need one. And so they're going after these big achievements without focusing on small, precise, incremental wins. And here's the thing. It's the small, precise, incremental wins that get you to the goal. It's sort of like losing weight. I've been talking to you guys about training for a fitness competition. You know, in the beginning, I was so impatient with the results. I was so, I was literally like, I've been at the gym at five o'clock in the morning, six days a week for six weeks now, and my body virtually looks the same. What the heck is going on? And I, and the only thing, even though I was working out two hours a day, The only thing I could really see, even with doing all of that work, was the big achievement, like getting to the fitness competition, being in that. And and it really, you know, it really made me not enjoy those first six weeks at the gym. It really got me to a place of just being super impatient and super mad. And yeah, I was in the gym six days a week, but I wasn't enjoying the moment of each workout because all I could think about was the big achievement. When you focus on small, precise, incremental wins, you get to be more present, more mindful. You put your whole mind in the present action of what the small, precise, incremental win is. And then, you know, you can focus on that. You can feel good about that. You can win right now. You don't have to wait years to win. So if you're a woman entrepreneur and your goal is, I want a seven-figure business, You know, if all you focus on day in and day out as you work on your business, as you send out emails, which people don't respond to, as you go on Instagram and your followership doesn't go up the way you want it to, if all you're focused on is getting to that seven-figure business, instead of saying, let me post five powerful Instagram messages today and, and with a goal of getting at least three comments. See, that is a small, precise goal that will get you an incremental win. So at the end of the day, you're celebrating because you set a goal, you put whole mind in present action, you got it done, and boom, here's your win. But if all you can see is the seven-figure revenue, then you're going to be unhappy, frustrated, and really lose momentum years before you get to that goal. Focus on small, precise, incremental wins. You know, the big achievement is always in the back of your mind anyway. It's not going anywhere. You know what it is. Don't focus on that in your business on a daily basis. You will lose momentum, motivation, and eventually you may even not work on the business anymore. So that's another mistake as women entrepreneurs we make. 
Mistake number four, attempting to attain business scale without team leverage. I am so guilty of this mistake. Guilty, 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 guilty. I have not, I'm going to, let me just be real with you for a minute. I have not hired any team members yet. That is one of the changes I'm making in 2016. I'm going to hire somebody to transcribe my eBooks for me because honestly, I should not be spending my time, even though I love listening to the, you know, the messages. I call them sermons on the mount, but the stuff that I talk about inspires me. So I like listening to it. That's a, that's, that's not a task I need to be doing. I know that. And let me just, let's just have a confession. I need a, a virtual assistant to help me manage certain things. I need a media, social media assistant to help me, especially with Pinterest, deal with Pinterest and my other stuff. And I need somebody who's going to transcribe my eBooks. I totally get it. I'm there with you. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're going, gosh, well, Cassandra's got a team and she's got to figure out, no, I don't. I'm speaking to myself. I'm talking, I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to me. I need a team this year. There's, there's, I have postponed that for, a lot of years, mainly because I'm a control freak in general, and I like to maintain control, and I'm never quite sure if anybody's going to do it as good as me. See, there goes the limiting belief. I'm a coach. You'll know that. (laughs) Um, But it is very clear to me that in 2016, that's exactly what I have to do if my business is going to go where I want it to go. Very clear. So again, Men are are better at this in general. They get team assistance from Go. They figure out a way to barter with people who are experts in what they need. They figure out a way to pay them. They don't get psyched up about everything needing to be perfect. When they hire people, if they kind of do it their way, but then kind of don't, they're not tripping about it, you know? And I think as women, mothers, nurturers, people who are used to picking up the slack for others, we have difficulty releasing control. And we have difficult and because we have difficulty releasing control, then we don't have a team. And then when we don't have a team, we can't attain business scale. So you see how that is a vicious cycle. Ladies, we have to stop that. I'm talking to myself too. We got to stop. We got to stop that. Here's mistake number five. And I'm telling you, I know I'm gonna get emails are gonna be like, that's so sexist. Don't generalize to genders. I just got to say it. As women entrepreneurs, we hire too quickly and we fire too slowly. We do. You know, men are qu- like, and you know what? For a man, it's business is business. You know, they're like, I, I appreciate you as my employee. I pre-, but to them, business is business. And what we have the tendency to do as women entrepreneurs is we want to, first of all, we focus on people's potential. Ooh, potential is a bad word. You know what? There are lots of people with potential who never turn it into actual. I'm just saying. Okay. We focus on potential. We see people as opportunities to help them develop and grow. We want to nurture them. We want to support them. We want to give them tons of chances. And so what we do with all of those good nurturing feelings is we hire the wrong people too quickly and we fire the wrong people too slowly. Here's the thing. You need to hire slowly and fire quickly, period. Because the wrong person in your business, even if they're only working for you 10 hours a week, will screw your business up. And I think for me, that's always been one of my fears of of developing a team is I'm like, A, I got to train them. That's going to take a considerable amount of time. And B, what if I hire the wrong person and then they screw my business up and then I'm, you know, five steps back from where I would have been if I'd just done it myself. I hear you, ladies. I hear you. But the reality is, is we do need a team to to attain business scale. But what we've got to do in building that team is A, not focus on potential. It's got to be actual, baby. If that person doesn't have the experience you need, if they don't have the references that prove they have the experience you need, they are not for you. I don't care how much potential they have. Don't do it. When you have a, you know, I'm going to even not say that. I was going to say when you have a $10 million a year business, then maybe you can take that chance. No, you can't. Not even then because there's more money to lose. 
we have got to hire slowly and fire quickly. Because mistake number five is what do we typically do? We see potential. We want to nurture and grow people. They remind us of us when we were a certain age at a certain season of life. And so then we hire quickly and we fire slowly. Bad idea. Mistake number six. Here's the sixth and the final mistake that I'm going to talk about because there are many more mistakes. We could go on and on, but but there's only enough time for six. Mistake number six that women entrepreneurs need to stop making is this. And this is to me... I don't know. It's between the business skill and this one, but this is like a close number two, runner up to number one mistake. And I covered it last, but it is a huge thing that we do as women entrepreneurs. And you rarely see men do this, if ever. Mistake number six is this. Pursuing additional training as a way to feel worthy of your entrepreneurial status. Listen, I've coached women breadwinners. I've coached women entrepreneurs. You have no idea how many women do not take center stage in their business and put themselves out there to their tribe and their target market because they feel like they need more expertise. They need more training. They don't have that certification, so they can't call themselves a coach uh, or or a consultant. They've got to go back and get another degree and some letters behind their name. So they feel good enough to stand up and say, I can help you. I can serve you. Men don't do that. There are men who barely got out of high school and they're making millions in their business every single year because they know that their worthiness is not dictated by a training or a certification or attending a conference or a workshop or degree. They just know they have to deliver intense value to their tribe, really care about them and really help them. And the results will speak for themselves and the credentials don't matter. So we have to be so careful with this as women entrepreneurs. We have to really get over this not being good enough thing, um, needing more education, more training, more conferences, more mentors in order to feel worthy. Like what if you just decided today, this morning, I'm worthy exactly as I am. I can help millions of people. I can make millions of dollars. I don't need another day of training ever. How would you show up differently in your business if you really truly accepted that? See, you would be on a whole other level of business activity if you felt worthy right now as you are. And I'm not saying don't get more training, don't get more certifications. I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn. It's what I I just love it. I'm there with you. But the moment I start to see myself feeling like I can't go on Periscope because I need more, I need to be more of an expert or I can't make comments on Facebook because I need to be, the moment I start seeing myself do that kind of stuff, I know that's a worthiness issue and it has nothing to do with that training. So I need to put that training away. I need to not go back and get that other degree and I need to get myself to feeling worthy because you have everything you need within you right now. You never have to get another thing in order to have your business be successful. Start accepting that truth. Because otherwise, what you'll do is spend your life learning and going to conferences and workshops. You know people buy products, do people's online courses, and you're thinking that, oh, I got to do somebody's online course to learn how to run a business before I can actually start the business. And then 10 years will pass by, you'll look back and you'll be like, I just spent the last year, last 10 years, spending tons of money, getting tons of education and information products, and I haven't made a cent in my business. That sucks. Don't do it. I'm just saying. So let's talk about, (laughs) you know, there's an incident where my kids, um, we were going to a certain place and we were um, in in somebody's SUV and um, we were going to a, a function. And my daughter said, that's really sucky. 
And I was like, I was thinking to myself in the car, I was like, did she really say sucky in front of these people? And you know, it's funny because I use that word, right? So uh, yeah, but not feeling worthy and not taking center stage in your business, I know no better way to talk about that than to say it sucks because it does. So we got to stop doing that. We have to believe that we are worthy. So let's talk about how to prevent, fix, or transform those mistakes if you find yourself making any of the six that we just talked about. Number one, you need to triple the amount of money you think you'll need for the business and create a variety of ways to generate that capital. So I want to speak to all of you solopreneurs who who listen to what I just said, like triple the amount of money you think you need and who are freaking out because you're like, I don't even have a cent. You want me to figure out how to get three times the amount of money I think I'll need for the business. What does that mean? Do I not work on the business? Do I have to take on a second job? That's not what I'm saying. When I say triple the amount of money you think you'll need for the business and create a variety of ways to generate that capital, if you are bootstrapping your business, you still need to estimate how much money you actually need, even if you're operating without that money. You still need to know so that you can set revenue goals from day one that get you to that triple amount that figure, that number. And at the same time, you also need to look at how am I going to generate the money that I need to continue to grow this business? And it needs to be multiple streams of income. What a lot of new entrepreneurs do, and it's a serious mistake, is they focus on one service or one part of their business, one pro. You need multiple products. And that doesn't mean you launch them all at the same time. But from the get-go of your business, you need to know what are the three, four, five things that you're going to do in the business eventually that are going to bring you in multiple streams of income. So for example, for me, ebooks are just one of my streams of income. Online courses is another. Doing workshops, corporate workshops is another. I have multiple streams of income that I'm looking at leveraging. That doesn't mean I focus on all of them at the same time. You don't. You put whole mind in present action. You achieve one dream, which is why I'm, I'm launching that course and writing a book to teach people how to do this. It is one thing at a time, but you still need to know what are the five things overall in the business that are going to be bringing in money for you so that you can quickly get to that amount of money, the triple amount that you need, so you have that in the bank waiting for you as you need it. The no- Another thing you can do to really prevent, fix, or transform the six mistakes we talked about is do your market research. And get out there. And and I mean, both primary and secondary, it can be super comfortable to do secondary market research, which is, you know, you go online, Google Analytics, you research your market, you find articles about them. That's secondary research. But another form of research that we tend not to do, which is really critical, is primary. That means going out there and talking to people physically, talking to your tribe, finding them, going to the store, meeting people, doing a focus group, having a focus group of six or seven of what you consider your target market to come sit in your living room on a Thursday night and tell you what their needs are, what their struggles are, what they want, doing webinars and getting feedback from people that way. It's really important to do market research, primary and secondary. Here's another thing that you can do to avoid some of these mistakes. Stay focused on key milestones within the business and go for the small, precise, incremental wins. Keep track of the wins and the strategies that led to them. You need to know what's working for you in your business, and you need to know how you got that working. So really being good about documenting, okay, here's the win I wanted for today. Did I get it? Yes or no? If I didn't get it, what what strategy, what new strategy am I going to try tomorrow to get it? If I did get that precise incremental win today, what strategy did I use that worked? You don't want to keep reinventing the wheel. You need to keep track of what's working and what's not and what strategies are getting you where you want to go and what are not. You've got to keep track of those things. It's important. 
Next thing you can do to really prevent some of these mistakes is prepare for a team and hire a team as early in your business as possible. So even if you're bootstrapping and you're like, I don't have $10 an hour to pay somebody on Upwork or Fiverr, I don't have that kind of money. Even if that's your situation right now, if you're working this business, you ought to be planning to have that kind of money at some point soon. So you need to start preparing your training for them in advance. You need to start recording training videos, which listen, I'm speaking to myself here. Like I got to get my training videos ready for my, my VA. I totally get it. But we need to start planning for that in advance so that by the time we do hit that revenue status where we go, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a personal assistant at this minute, we already have all the training videos ready. We already have all the directions ready. We are ready to get them up to speed without us physically having to spend all of those hours training them because we've been creating the training all along the way. That's critically important. And again, we talked about this before. You got to hire slowly and fire quickly. Hire slowly, fire quickly. We talked about that. And then here's the other piece. If you're the kind of person who keeps going after training and certifications and taking people's online courses and buying their online products, and all you're doing is spending tons of money learning stuff, but you're not implementing, you're not doing, like you're not seeing the benefits of that, you need to make a training allowance point. In other words, and, and I've done this for myself and I'm doing this for myself, you need to require that your business achieve a certain amount of business success, and I'm talking revenue and profitability, that, that you get to a certain revenue profitability point before you allow yourself to go spend money on training, certification, degrees, workshops, whatever. You know why? Because you have to force yourself in a position to sell and to market and to make that money. If all you're doing is saying, well, let me get all this training first and then it will get me to a seven-figure business. I've never seen that happen. Never. I've never seen any entrepreneur, male or female, spend years spending tons of money training and and after years of training and not doing anything in their business, they're at seven figures. No way. I've seen tons of entrepreneurs get one training. I'm talking one, sometimes even a webinar, just one training, and they totally rock out in their business. And before you know it, in six months, they're making like $30,000 a month. I've seen it a lot. So if you have been doing this, I'm not worthy. I don't feel good enough. So let me go get training so I can feel worthy and I can feel good enough. But then I don't thing. You need to make a training allowance point where you say to yourself, until my business is making $5,000 a month consistently for three months, I'm not allowed to buy any other online training products. I'm not allowed to go to any workshops. You've really got to do that for yourself. So make a training allowance point. Require that your business generate a certain amount of money every month before you allow yourself to go for another training, another certification, another thing. That's the other piece of that. So I hope this has been helpful. Uh, you know, I, I want to gear this as we move forward in 2016. There are going to be times when I do episodes that are super inspirational because I think inspiration helps with momentum and momentum drives action and action really solidifies your business. But there are also going to be times like today's episode where we get down to the strategic. This is business strategy. The nitty gritty of the things that you're doing that you need to stop doing, the things that you aren't doing that you need to start doing, and how you implement and execute these things. So again, if you take nothing away, here's the thing you need to really think about. You need to accept the fact that you're good enough exactly as you are and you need to go out there and sell. You need to go out there and sell and get with your tribe. You need to know your market really well in order to do that. And then three, you need to prepare yourself for a team. You are going to need a team. You are going to need to scale. Start recording those training videos, you know, writing up those directions right now as you're doing those activities in your business because you will, 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 I promise you, you will need a team. So 
I say all that to say, thank you for listening to the show. It has been amazing as always. You know, I'm getting back into the groove of doing three episodes a week. So be sure to tune in. There will be more. And as I said on the last show, if you don't see three episodes a week, you need to tap me on my shoulder, send me an email, info at CassandraVaughn.com. And you just say, um, I didn't see an episode. I didn't see episode the third episode this week. Where is it? And that will be a gift to me because it will help hold me accountable for getting these episodes in. But I love doing them. I love knowing that you are going after what you really want. Listen, there are far too many people in this world who are settling for less. There are way too many people in this world who go to a job they hate every single day. And if you're listening to me, you're not doing that. So, uh, or you might be doing a day job, but you're at night working your tail off to get to where you want to go. And I just want to say, I'm proud of you for doing that. Um, I'm proud of me for taking the steps that I'm taking. We're doing this together. And there are going to be hard times and rough moments and moments when you want to give up and moments when you're not making money. You're like, what the heck is going on? Um, but that's the life of an entrepreneur. So let's treat it like the adventure it is, like the roller coaster ride it is. Let's strap on our seatbelts, put our hands in the air like we just don't care. And uh, let's get the job done. Let's get it done. All right, everybody. I'll talk to you next episode.